Thank you for joining and welcome to another episode with Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist who has designed this podcast to inspire people to live meaningful lives and to pursue their passion. This is season 8. In this podcast, Azim gives a laid-back look at the important aspects of life and business through the lens of emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can influence your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, AI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. You can also watch the video version of this podcast on his YouTube channel. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get to the show. AI Cafe with Azim leadership and communication go hand in hand if you don't make people want to follow you they won't and without followers you aren't a leader strong communication is therefore a key to leadership even if there is for more to leadership than communication alone many leaders develop strategies visions missions and of course and their people find difficult to execute those strategies simply due to the reason of communication so what is the missing piece in this puzzle of leadership how to get your people see what you are saying a very warm welcome to the show and this is season 8 of ei cafe with azim and i'm your host azim sahil a human capital specialist a lego series play facilitator icf certified coach and emotional intelligence and a culture tech practitioner here we are again for another interesting topic a 30 minutes of valuable learning in today's topic we are going to talk how to get your people see what you're saying an approach to visual thinking through a leadership perspective to discuss this i have an i think is the right person to get go to it so go, the go to person so let me quick, quick introduction about this particular individual he's the ceo and the co-founder of big blue gumball uh, an a new york based management consulting firm specializing in leadership and development executive coaching He is a member of Marshall Goldsmith MG Hundred Coaches, a three-time award-winning professor of leadership at NYU, a lecturer on leadership at Columbia University, a TEDx speaker. I think it's a highly recommended to have that TEDx. I'll share the link as well. And the author of groundbreaking book of visual leadership. He's a pioneer thought leader in the field of visual leadership and visual coaching. He was one of the eight global finalists. for the 2021 thinkers 50 distinguished achievement award in leadership and listed and listed by the thinkers 360 as one of the top 50 global thought leaders and influencers in the field of management and design thinking and ranked 44 on the leadership power list 200 so i'm bringing a power house here ladies and gentlemen please welcome todd church's executive coach management leadership consultant 
and CEO and co-founder of Big Blue Gumball. Thank you. Thank you. Todd, welcome to the cafe. Thank you. Great to be in the cafe today with you, Ellis. Beautiful day. Brilliant. So, Todd, first and foremost, my humble gratitude. Thank you very much for spending your valuable time in the cafe. I think um, it's an amazing uh, perspective because, I, as I mentioned prior to the call, I'm a very visual person also. So I love talking about visual stuff. Uh, I work with a lot of visual element also, especially with the Legos. It's very visual, right? Yes, so yes. so um, why I picked you? You have written a book. I've seen your TED Talk. I've been following you. I think we have a mutual friend whose team also is the same line. So um, I wanted to get you in this particular season to talk about something interesting as well. So on that note, Todd, let's get started with sure. the first questions. You know, we have been talking about leadership. Um, leadership can have different dimension coming in, but I'm going to take the leadership as an, a dimension from influence perspective, right? How can one get things done from others the way he, she wants? What's your take on this? Yeah, there are so many different definitions of leadership. And one of the things I always start with, I always ask my students in the first session of my class, how many I teach leadership and team building in the Human Capital Management Master's program at NYU. And I say to my students, how many people here are leaders? Raise your hand if you're a leader. And people don't know whether to raise their hand or not. So I have 20 students, should I raise my hand or not? But then I say, by the end of tonight's session, we're going to redefine what leadership is and what it means, and you're all going to be raising your hands. Because a lot of times people think you're only a leader if you're the CEO or president or something. We're all leaders, right? Even if you're just leading your own life, you have to manage your life and you have to lead your life. So you are a manager and leader, mm -hmm. even regardless of your, even if you work for yourself, even if you have no one reporting to you. So that's the first thing is do you define leadership as capital L as in your title or small L as in I need to lead in order to succeed, right? So what does leadership mean? As you said, it's about having followers, right? There's a saying that a leader without followers is someone who's just out for a walk, right? You think you're leading everyone <laughs> and you look back and there's no one behind you, right? So you may not be leading. Leading is about influence, right? It's about getting things done through and with other people. And um, we'll talk more about what visual leadership means, but that that's what leadership is about to me. It's about change. It's about having a vision, a picture in your head of a better future and then making that future a reality. Mm -hmm. I think I think um, generally we 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 heard in in programs we heard people talking about visionary leadership, right? So when we, when we say visionary leadership, the question is: Do we really bring the vision into people? Isn't it done? Yeah, there's two ways of looking. First of all, my book, Visual Leadership, which I'll hold up here because it is a visual, right? The way it's spelled, it's a single word with a shared capital L. Ah. And the reason for that is because who you are and how you lead is inseparable from the lens through which you see the world, right? So mm -hmm. your background, your upbringing, your life experiences, your culture all shape what you see and how you see it, but also what you miss and what you don't see, right? So that's the striding point of visual leadership. Looking backwards, we only see certain things because of our life experiences and our perspectives and our biases and everything else. So, Todd, now... You you gave a little bit of a definition. I really love, and tell you frankly, I just noticed that one L on that visual leadership book. <laughs> oh, it's a big part of visual leadership and visual thinking is noticing, and a lot of people don't notice it, right? Because so you look at it, but it's not what you expect to see, so you miss it, right? So that's a lesson, right? Just from the title of the book, people very often misspell it, right? It has two separate words with the you know two Ls. 
So um, that's a great illustration that I often bring up is that something, you know, things don't always fit what we expect to see, so we miss it, right? So a big part of visual leadership is noticing the things that other people miss. Yeah, I think I can resonate that bit. You know, when I talked about strategies, you know, leaders on the top players, they're big strategies, they put love representation to it. But the question is whether people are who executing, are they getting that particular picture is the question. Right. So, so, so thank you very much for bringing that light. Now, let me come to your particular book. What do you really um, refer in terms of visual leadership in your book? Yeah, I mean, visual leadership is about applying visual thinking and visual communication to management leadership, right? That's the foundation. So if you picture a Venn diagram, it's mm. visual leadership and visual thinking and uh, visual thinking and visual communication and then leadership and management. So I break it down into four different ways to do this. It is using a visual imagery, using mental models and frameworks, using metaphor and analogy, and using storytelling. Those are the four buckets. And now they're not mutually exclusive, they're overlapping. But when you use those components, that is how you can be a more effective visual leader. Right. So um, I'm, I'm really curious to know, you mentioned about mental models. How does it resonate that one? What, what exactly mental model we are talking about? Yeah, so if you think about a SWOT analysis, a four-box matrix, or a pyramid like Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, or um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why Golden Circle, right? Those are all mental models. So the world and life and problems are complex and messy, but if we can create some kind of framework or boxes to put things in, we could see them more clearly and then find solutions and make better decisions. So that's the idea behind mental models. What we're not trying to do is put people in boxes, right? Because we don't mm. want to stereotype, whatever. Mm. But if you have a Myers-Briggs or DISC or social styles profile, we're using a framework, right? We're using, we're saying, where do we fit? And mm. by doing that, we simplify complexity, and then we could use that information to make better decisions. So that's the idea behind mental models. And one of the analogies or metaphors I use is, let's say you're trying to set the table for dinner for eight guests, and you need to put out all the silverware. You open up one silverware drawer and all the silverware is just thrown in there in a mess. The other silverware drawer you open up and everything's in compartments, knives, forks, spoons. Which one is going to be clearer? Which one's going to be simpler? Which one's going to help you set that table? It's the one where you compartmentalize, right? And you can see the solution. That's a good metaphor that illustrates the power of a framework. If you have frameworks, then you can see things more clearly. So Mm -hmm. I like that yeah, brilliant. I think metaphors are something I think I really loved it. You know, in 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 coaching conversation, bringing those metaphors can really bring um, the coaches or the client or the subordinate to really connect to their stories. I think um, I really love that part, the folks and phones, like how do you really separate it? So it's it's a mental model. It's created here as well. Correct, right? And also you could picture it in your mind's eye. So that only not only was that a mental model and it was a metaphor, but it was also category one using a visual image. I painted the picture with words so you could see it in your head, even mm. though you weren't looking at a picture of it, you were looking at a picture in your mind's eye, right? So that's mm. the magic, right? Mm. And if I told you a story about it, then that would be the fourth category, the storytelling. Storytelling, so, right. So that just shows that even when you focus on one of these, you're very often using multiple ones, but that is how you create understanding. And just, to, I always talk about, I talk about this in my TED Talk, attention, comprehension, and retention, Right. When you use visual imagery or visual language, it gets people to focus because then they're paying attention, creates understanding or comprehension because they can understand better what you mean. And then thirdly, retention, you will always have that visual image embedded in your brain. So you will recall it and remember it 
in the future. So attention, comprehension, retention, those are some of the reasons why visual thinking is so powerful. Brilliant. I'm, I'm going to take those three for today as a take, take away from me to start working on that. And Todd, I'm really curious to connect the component of emotional intelligence into visual leadership, because you said about looking, vision, um, the social awareness perspective, how do you recognize those emotion feeling? How does these two connect in your thought process? Yeah, yeah emotional intelligence starts with, as we know, starts with self-awareness, right? And self-awareness is about looking in the mirror and trying to see yourself clearly, realistically, trying to see yourself from other people's perspective. So it's about looking, right? It's about looking and seeing. It's about what do you see, what do you miss? Are you seeing yourself accurately? Are you seeing yourself the way you're perceived by other people? So that's one of the ways that visual thinking ties into emotional intelligence and then self-regulation and, and, and social intelligence and everything else. You have to be able to almost step outside your body and see yourself with a fresh and honest point of view. So that's one of the ways that visual thinking helps you to become a more emotionally intelligent leader. Brilliant. I think I think that that creates a lot of um, you know connectivity. He, he, here's my I'm, I'm really I'm just while you're saying about visual, how this can apply Todd uh, to a person who is you know who cannot see. Yeah, how does it work? Question. Yeah, for people who are sight impaired or blind, you could still think visually because uh, people you could paint a picture with words through storytelling, right? If I tell you a story and you're picturing it in your mind, almost as if it's a mental movie, you are using visual thinking and visual communication to get the other person to see what you're saying. So mm. even if someone is cannot see with their physical eye, they can still see with their mind's eye. And I think that's the key magic mm. of how it translates. Because let's say someone's listening to this podcast on audio and not watching the video, they could still picture it. They could still envision, right? The word envision has the word vision in it. They can still envision what we're talking about and the examples and the metaphors that we're using. So that's that's the answer to that question. Thank you very much. So I'm I'm little diving into that. I, I read a little bit of a summary of your book. Um, I'm really curious to know. You talk about three V's in your book. What is it, and how it will impact on one's leadership style? Yeah, so I talk about um, um, visibility, voice, and value. Right. So as uh, Visibility is about being seen, are you seen, and how are you seen. Voice is about are you heard and how are you heard. And value is about are you making a contribution and are you recognized for that contribution, right? So if you're on a Zoom call, if you're in a meeting, if your camera's off, if you don't speak, if you don't put anything in the chat box, then you get like a zero in those three categories, right? We don't see you, we don't hear you, and you didn't add anything, right? But if you want to check those three boxes, if you want to be seen, be heard, and, and, and add to the conversation, you need to put your camera on. You need to speak up. You need to type in the chat box. Because a lot of times, you know, the people who get promoted, the people who have influence, the people who are leaders have visibility, voice, and value. So that's one of the things to think about. If you're in a class, does the professor know who you are? Are you contributing to the discussion? Are you sitting way in the back, not saying anything? So... Or are you sitting up front and, and are you known to your peers and to your professors or at work in a meeting? Do you have visibility, voice and value? So that's something to think about. Because when people say, why was I passed over for that promotion or why does no one ever listen to me? Maybe you need to you know, leverage the power of visual thinking and visual communication to be seen, to be heard and to get your points across so that you're at, making a contribution. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. While you're talking, this something came into my mind. I just want, I'm curious, like, 
let's say there's a leader and he have about six subordinates working under his team. Now, we know that people are different. Our style is different. Personalities are different. The way we work, the way do we do is different. Now, how difficult for a leader to pick what's the way to communicate to a person? Is it visual thinking? Is it just talking? Is it need to be a presentation or is it just a text? How important a leader need to be aware? Because when a meeting, we just deliver a certain message. We pass the meet, you know, the message what need to be done. But the question is, I don't know whether leaders go back and ask whether you understood or no. Yeah. So there's two parts I'm going to bring, like how do one leader need to really recognize what, how, which way is the best way to deliver the message and how that leader will know that they understood or no. Yeah, there's no one right answer. Like the answer to most questions is it depends, right? It depends on a lot of factors. But yeah, if you're a leader and you deliver a town hall and here's our vision and you never mention it again and someone was not paying attention or they weren't at that meeting and you turn around six months later and nothing's changed, well, whose fault is that? Right. It's the leader's fault. You need to reiterate your message. You need to deliver the multiple modalities. There's a concept called VARK, V-A-R-K, visual, auditory, reading and writing and kinesthetic. When you leverage those are not styles. Sometimes people miss. There's a myth of those of being like learning styles. Um, a lot of that has to do with preference. And, you know, some people like listening to an audio book. I don't. When I listen to an audio book, my mind goes in a million other directions and I miss everything. Right. I like to read. I like to circle. I love a book. I wrote the kind of book I like to read, which is filled with visual imagery. and, and right. Um, but if you use VARC, if you say, all right, visual, what am I showing people? Auditory, what do I want people to hear? Reading and writing, am I getting them to take notes or fill out a template or fill out a form or a sheet? And kinesthetic is about movement, touch, and feeling. Am I getting people to actually do something? Right. If you leverage all four of those modalities, then you're more likely to get your message across. You're more likely to keep people's attention and get them engaged. So when I'm teaching or when I'm working with a coaching client, I will use all of those things. I'll use an image. I will we'll tell stories. We will have them read and you know write things down or read something. And then also when you're actively engaged, and a great example of this is Lego play, right? That, that engages all four of those modalities. You're building, you're communicating. The pieces are different colors. When you build something, you're never going to forget what you built, right? Because you did it, you were actively engaged in it in a way that if you just read 50 pages of text, you most likely, you know, research shows you only remember a small percent of that, percentage of that months and especially years later. But I did a Lego play many years ago. I still remember what we built. I still remember that experience because people remember, you know, learn from doing, right? And from teaching, not just from reading. So that's a great, you know, just Lego play in and of itself is a great example of leveraging those different modalities. And, and, and it's fun. Yeah, and it's fun yeah, when you incorporate some fun into something that adds a whole that bumps it up into a whole other level. Yeah, and more important, the last part I think it's about stories. How how people tell the stories, which the vi visual they have created, they're they're building stories, and it's not predetermined. It's just on the spot, isn't it? Yeah, there's a classic saying: there are two brick layers. Classic story: two brick layers. You ask the first one, "What are you doing?" and he, he or she says, "I'm building. I'm laying. I'm I'm laying bricks." You ask the other person what they're doing and they say, I'm building a cathedral or I'm building a hospital or I'm building a school. Mm. They're both doing the same task. They're both laying bricks and it could be Lego bricks or it could be real bricks. Right. But the second person has a sense of passion, purpose and passion. Right. They are building something that has meaning. They have doing something that gives them both visibility and credibility. You could just so you could just do your job and lay bricks or you can go about it with a sense of passion and purpose. Mm. 
where there's meaning and significance and value to what you're doing. So I think that's the key thing that leaders need to do. No matter what job people have, you never want to make people feel like they're just laying bricks with no sense of passion and purpose behind it. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Todd. I think it does really make sense because that sense of purpose is not there on your on the story what you're really delivering or the message you're going to deliver. I think it's not a good. I think that's where the power of storytelling also comes in. You build up a story because when I was listening to your TED talk, the story you started with it, it still resonates for me. You ended up in China. You're trying to do with the tools. You're trying to sketch it, and you you that still remembers me. So it's it's the best way to do it also. So thank you very much for building on. So Todd, here's my last part of it because as we are coming to the end of conversation, um, what leaders need to adapt to get their people, what he or she are trying to say, like how do they need to pause it, how they can really adapt certain tools and techniques to bring this visual leadership. Why I'm asking this, um, I've been in the corporates, uh, you have been in the corporate, but unfortunately certain corporates still lies on the same modality, mm -hmm. getting into a meeting room, getting into a retreat, start talking, we see presentation, we see a lot of text involved, but how can they get adapt to this visual thinking and visual leadership? Yeah, there's a lot of ways. One, you know, you need to get people engaged. So getting them interacting with each other, get them up at flip charts or whiteboards, get them to present back, get them doing things, uh, create, you know, the topic experiential learning, um, you know, get people to experience something as opposed to just listening to you, right? Because, you know, it's in one ear and out the other. People can only retain a certain amount of information. But if they're actively doing something, if you tell a story that they're going to remember, um, if you use metaphors and analogies, you also need to think about who your audience is, what's going to resonate with them, right? So I'm based in New York. I'm a big baseball fan. I love the Yankees and the Mets. But if I am talking about baseball to someone from another part of the world where they don't play baseball, I may say, all right, what, you know, do you play soccer or football, uh, whatever it's called in your country, right? Do you play cricket? Do you play tennis, right? So if you use a metaphor, analogy, a story that the other person can relate to, it will have greater impact than, than talking about yourself. Using nature as analogy is great because you can say, I could plant the seed for an idea, get to the root of the problem, branch out in different directions, right? Uh, let's see which ideas bear fruit. The sky's the limit. So if you use language that someone can relate to and picture and visualize, then it brings dry, boring topics to life. So many leaders bore people to death with numbers and statistics and data. I always say that numbers are meaningless outside of their context and the story that you're trying to tell, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters of my book is called How My Cardiologist Almost Gave Me a Heart Attack. And the story is delivered my, my heart results, my test results, but he did it in a way that scared me instead of making me feel good about the results. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's not just what you say, but how you say it, and not to bore people to death with numbers and facts mm -hmm. and you know, tell people a story. People are motivated and inspired by a vision and a story of a better future. They're not motivated by numbers on an Excel spreadsheet. So those are some things that leaders could do is bring their concepts to life. And it's the not just the factual side, the, uh, the, the, the left brain, but the right brain, emotional side and the creative side. When you leverage both sides of the brain, metaphorically, mm. people are going to be more engaged with whatever you're talking about. And then, and and when you're saying the metaphor, one of the really thing that really hit me on your TED talk is the metaphor of a vehicle, right? Um, you have the rear mirror to see the past and reflect mm -hmm. on it, and you have the dashboard to stay in present to monitor your 
um, the speed, which speed you're going, what's the rate you're going, so the dashboard gets the present, and the whole um, the wide screen or the windscreen just talk about the part, the journey, right? I, I think yeah. that's an amazing metaphor you put across. So I think we are talking in an era where artificial intelligence and we're talking about digitalization automation. It's more visual in bringing things. I think will have a bigger impact for the future, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the present and the future. I mean, one of the big things is we're on, there's so much information overload and there's so many distractions that if you don't cut, cut through the clutter, your message is not going to, not only not going to be remembered, but it may not even be heard and not understood, right? So you need to cut through that clutter in order to bring your message to life, to bring your vision to life. So yeah, so you could go to ChatGPT and look something up and it could generate like a 40-page report or an answer to your questions. But... What do you do with that? How do you bring that information to life? Um, that's interesting. I, I used chat, uh, AI ChatGPT for the very first time the other day, and I just put in who are the top, who are the top visual leaders, <laughs> leadership experts in the world, and I came up fifth, which was amazing to me. That it's just like it's like oh, the robots even know who I am, which was kind of cool, <laughs> kind of fun. So um, but yeah, so chat, you know, AI is great, but we're still dealing with humans, right? And humans are emotion, emotional. And humans are drawn to visuals and humans are drawn to metaphors and stories. So you can deliver all the facts in the world and that's what AI does great. But how do you bring that to life? I think that's a very human thing, right? Because as humans, we are wired for visuals. We are wired for stories. And that goes all the way back to caveman times, right? Think about cave drawings, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the alphabet. It evolved from, you know, pictograms, right? Pictures yeah. evolved into the letters of the alphabet. And infographics. And, and infographics and th emojis. Think about how we use emojis, right? So when you use emojis, they could be misinterpreted, but when you use text and use the emoji to punctuate the text, then that adds value, that creates clarity. And, and so people will remember what you wrote more because you added a visual component to it. So this is just, just, just a few of many ways to incorporate visuals into what you do to communicate your message and get it out there. Brilliant. So, so thank you very much. So I always ask my um, guest, give me some golden nuggets for my listeners. So I just want to know what would be a final message for the leaders who are listening in to this particular podcast or watching, going to watch this particular podcast. Yes. Well, hopefully they got a number of golden nuggets already, but I would say this, you're already doing a lot of the things we're talking about. So this is not like a radical, I've never thought done this before, but maybe you haven't thought about it before. So it starts with be more aware, notice things you haven't noticed before, and then be more creative and more intentional about how you could cut through that clutter to get your message out there, to get yourself out there. So I think you did, a, you know, you're highlighting those three Vs was a good point. Visibility, voice, and value. You wanna be seen, you wanna be heard, and you wanna contribute in such a way that people give you credit for it and people recognize you for that. Because otherwise you're not going to have the influence. And as we said from the beginning, leadership is all about influence. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, that's the time what we have for today. And my key takeaways are attention, comprehension and retention, which I'm going to pick it up and take it to my lifestyle practice. I believe our listeners got plenty of key takeaways from this particular episode. So my humble gratitude and Thank you. Um, thanks to um, Todd Churches, executive coach and management leadership consultant, CEO and co-founder of Big Blue Gumball. And of course, you can get connected to, I recommend just send him an invite or follow him on LinkedIn because he shares plenty of 
amazing gold mine stuff so those are for learning purpose and of course can get connect him through his website log on to his www.todchurches.com and i'm going to put the book links uh, on amazon and all the details on the podcast notes so please free to explore what todd does so todd once again thank you very much for your valuable time you've spent in the cafe it's truly an honor to have you in the cafe as well pleasure being with you thanks Thank you for tuning in to this podcast of EI Cafe with Azim. We sure do hope you enjoyed it and if you have any questions please do reach out. If you haven't done so already make sure you subscribe to the show that is available on all major podcast platforms so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate, review and leave a comment and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. and we hope you're leaving with some great insights that can help you in your daily life follow azim on social media and do write to us on topics and experts you'd like to hear from and we will try to get them on board goodbye for now until we meet again on another episode of ei cafe with azim